Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. So I really think that the tea I got about what that phone call is about is accurate because they are really breadcrumbing us. Like they are practically telling us what the phone call is. But I'm wondering if it's only because I I heard what I heard and I'm like making it that. So in case you missed it, I put up a poll in my Instagram and on my TikTok um, because I did get some tea about allegedly what the phone call is about. And I asked, okay, do you guys want me to tell you or not? And the majority of you said a resounding tell us. But those of you who don't want to know the tea, respect, I will be giving you ample warning and I'm going to be putting timestamps. So don't even worry. It won't be till the end of this episode. And I'm curious once I do, for those who do want to know, I'm curious if you feel like it's been a little bit alluded to and obvious or if it's again, just because I'm peppering what I'm seeing with that. So before we go into the recap, did you guys see what Meredith was posting on her t- on her Twitter? For someone who cares so much about the exploitation of their vagina, where were you when my son's sexuality was exploited by someone in our circle? Oh, I remember questioning my support of his community a couple years later. Here's the ironic thing about this that last sentence. Where were you when my husband, when my husband's, when my son's sexuality was exploited? So where were you when that was happening? To answer it with, oh, years later, questioning my support of the community. That doesn't, that's not how that phrase goes. So like, where was she? Was she not saying anything? And then Whitney, don't make the situation regarding me and Heather about yourself. You know, I have always been there to support both you and Brooks. And Meredith says, go take a bath. Mm. Okay, that's amazing. And Whitney says, gladly, and then puts like a, there's a thing of a bath bomb going in the water. Okay. We also have more from Meredith. It is really disappointing how these women let a new friend swoop in and completely defame me. What happened to our years of friendship and all those times I was there for you ladies? I do not create, I do not create documents. Contrary to popular belief, I am not involved with the government. Ha ha. Um, that's about it. That's about the only interesting stuff. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's one more. Psychotic dissociation. It's called disengaging. You should know that by now. I don't know what that's in reference to. Was that that said in the episode and I missed it? I don't remember that. Who said that? Sorry that I got it together and didn't try to ruin Monica's birthday. Wow. This woman weaponizes everything against me. Is that Heather? I just love how how vague it is. She really does love a tweet. She loves a Twitter moment. All right. Um, was that it? Okay, yeah, that was it. 
That was good. Okay, let's get into the episode because, guys, it's so it's so freaking funny that I have to stand for this one just because I was like, I'm so energized by it. Heather and Monica go on a beach walk, and Heather tries to say, um, like, look, I was just tired and mad and sorry. I didn't I didn't want to ruin your birthday. But then Monica's like, I, Heather, I was so thrown off. But then Heather, that's when she's like, oh, I've been fucking waiting to say this. This is what really was about. And she tells her the stuff about her daughter's sex life and how that's that was something I clearly didn't want to talk about. And then we get to the dinner and it's the first thing you bring up. So yeah, I was a little set off. That set me off. Monica like chalks it up to how they just need to learn what they can and can't say to each other. But then they move on to Meredith and Heather is like really pushing like what do you think do you are you saying that she created this fake account sent herself DMs all to plant something on Angie and Monica says like oh, I didn't think that she would ever do that I didn't think any of you guys would do that I would do that shit and she, th- this I'm like oh interesting thing to say this ties into not just – I think a lot of people are assuming this. I think I even saw Queens of Bravo assume it and post it. I would. They probably know, too. Queens of Bravo probably has all sorts of insider info. Uh, but Heather's like, don't say things like that. You'd create a fake account and send yourself DMs. And Heather's – she – this is the second confessional bite that she's given us where she talks about how the betrayal of making a fake account, sending yourself DMs just to spread lies and gossip about us. When literally last season, Angie's husband, Angie Harrington's husband, had made a fake account to troll Jen, right? Just Jen, I think. No, it was to troll Lisa. It was just, all it was was like Shaw, it was it had Shaw in it. And he used it to troll Lisa Barlow, not Jen, but Jen made it about her, of course. But Heather was like, guys, come on, let's just get over it. Like, he made a mistake. He's owning up to it. He's he's saying he's sorry. But this time she is so, they keep putting these interview bites in there that are just so passionate. Like, who, how would you do that? Whitney and Angie play some tennis, but then Whitney brings up Heather's book. Whitney thinks of all the stories to tell. She tells the one about how I hired her to shoot my boudoir photos. It just rubs me the wrong way because she gets weird when her sex life is brought up, but she'll write about mine. I'm like, we're reaching a little bit. Um, I do think that it is kind of nuts how much we're seeing the way Heather like recoils from talking about sex. Like even setting up the birthday breakfast she was like, who put two balloons together? They look like balls. What? Okay. I'm... So she obviously has some issues to work through. Um, but I feel like this could just be a conversation rather than this huge accusation. Like, you exploit my sex life and blah, 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 when it could have just been like, Heather, you've clearly got issues with sex, talking about your sex life and stuff. So when you avoid talking about your stuff, but then anytime I talk about mine or you get a chance to talk about mine, you do. And I feel kind of shamed by it. Like, is that, I don't even think you're aware that you're doing it. I think it's just your response to things. But instead, Whitney's like, no, I'm going to make this a whole moment. Just wait. Mm Mm-hmm. 
they are they are going to that like catamaran or the whatever that is and monica is shaving her legs on the bus which it, it's not so much that i'm like grossed out by it i'm just like ow you know like i need to be there needs to be some water involved and it just feels so like dry and tear maybe she put a bunch of a bunch of oil on but like if i did that to my dry legs that would be unpleasant when they get on the boat, they use an interview soundbite from Angie that is so bad, it's criminal. Pun intended. Last time I was on a boat, my shoes went overboard. But this time, I wouldn't be surprised if someone ends up sleeping with the fishes. Because that's how the mafia does it, right? Cut, cut it. You don't, don't, we don't ever, never do that again to me. Never do that again to me. Okay. It was like, as Danny Pellegrino says, it was a ladies, am I right? Kind of moment. Okay, but not in a good way. Meredith is now sitting off to the side. Everyone, everyone is mad at me. It's not good. Uh, but then Heather talks to her. I'm going to give it to you straight, she says. I don't understand your total lack of a reaction. And Meredith explains the mafia story. Her version is Monica went into great detail about all kinds of rumors about Angie on the flight back from Palm Springs. Then they get back to Utah. They go to lunch. They're walking around. And Meredith just happens to, to point out that one of the stores nearby allegedly was run by the Greek mafia. Monica then goes, do you think Angie is part of the Greek mafia? And Meredith says, I have no idea. So two to three weeks later, she receives documents and info, those DMs, all about Angie, but it's all tying back to what Monica had told her on the plane. So therefore, she was like, interesting, Monica, did you also get these DMs? So if we're going to go off of that, if that's going to be what we believe, okay? Then she's accusing Monica possibly of sending the DM, right? Like that's where she's going with it, I'm assuming, which is interesting because then Monica's version, oh, they all grab some food except for Meredith. Meredith's not very hungry, but as soon, right before Monica, Monica sat down, as soon as she's about to take a bite, Meredith's like, uh, can we talk? So Monica is like, look, I never said you were the one who sent the DMs, but my version of this story is that we were like, oh, I know how you, you said, I know how we can find out if she's in the mafia. And they were both Googling the mafia. Meredith, I did not really think that. Monica snaps, we both Googled Greek mafia in Utah. Meredith, yes, but that has nothing to do with Angie. Well, <laughs> so... For literally, so you, if you're going off what you, what you're saying, you said this store is allegedly run by the Greek mafia and it was so interesting to both of you. At no point was Angie's name mentioned. No, 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 wait. It, you did admit that she said, do you think Angie's in the Greek mafia? And well, maybe I can believe this. So it, let's go, let's go off what Mary said. So she says, oh, you know, this store was allegedly run by the Greek mafia. Monica goes, do you think Angie's in the Greek mafia? And Meredith says, I have no idea. I don't know. But then you just start Googling Greek mafia Utah. And it has nothing. You are saying nothing about Angie anymore. So that's a little, that's still hard to believe. 
Monica's rambling off a couple other things they said, like, how does she have that house? She's broke. How is she getting her money? All very much stuff I can hear both of them saying, and uh, Monica included. And Meredith goes, you're the one who told me, Monica. And you hear Lisa scream, Meredith, stop lying. You're lying right now. Don't do this to Monica. Just admit you fucked up. You're hurting good people. (laughs) You're a mess and you're losing all your friends. And Meredith goes, I have many friends. And oh God, Lisa goes, we're going to lose all of them. But but Heather Heather asks Lisa when Lisa's done with a little rant. She's like, why does Monica get a pass though? Since she's the one saying all the same things. And Lisa, well, it's because she's being honest. But then the women all gather around Meredith and Monica. And Angie says, I own the streets of Salt Lake City because I am a reputable businesswoman. You could see at the bottom of the screen, you could see uh, Monica going, oh my God, she did not. Like she did not just say she, <laughs> she owns the streets of Salt Lake City. Lisa is on a is on 10. She is saying like, I believe that you bit the fake account and sent the GMs. I believe Monica. And then Whitney chimes in. I believe Monica because I participated in rumors last year. So I believe Monica. Lisa says she like she believes that when anything comes out about them, Meredith has something to do with it because that's what she does. And then Meredith goes, hold on. That is incorrect. And I'm getting very irritated about everyone's narrating me. Don't narrate me, which is a Lisa Barlow line from a reunion. I can't remember which one. Was it two seasons ago? Don't narrate me. Don't do not narrate me. Lisa goes, don't dig up, don't dig up shit on your friends. And Meredith gives a classic storm out with a point. I'm getting really pissed off. Really pissed off. And then she storms out. But she has to like her 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 beach cover up thing flew up, so she's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna storm out of here." Lisa announces, "Okay, it's time to have fun now." So they have like a moment of some fun boat activities, and then Meredith sits next to Angie and says, "Look, Angie, I know there's a lot going on, but I think we do need to sit down and talk." And Meredith explains why she called Monica about the DMs, blah, blah, blah. But Angie's like, why would you even, like, if you got a DM about me, why would you even entertain it? Why wouldn't you just be like, clearly this is bullshit? I do, if Meredith, if we're going off of what Meredith's saying, if I am having a conversation with someone and they tell me all these specifics about another person, and then I get a DM with all those same specifics about that person... I can guarantee I'm like, did you send this? That's what I would say. I, I don't think I'd be like, this can't be anything. It's like, did you send? I think that's, is that what Meredith's implying here? Angie says, it seems like maybe you're scared of me. And Meredith says, she, I can't handle someone yelling and screaming at me. It's not pleasant. So they decide to move on, and Meredith walks over to Heather and Lisa and says, so Angie and I spoke, and she's taking a hit out on me. Okay, Meredith, good for you. That was good. That was good. That was good. They get on the bus, and Meredith beelines to Lisa, who's at the back of the bus, and she is telling her that Brooks got signed with Ford Models. And Meredith says, she's whispering, Brooks told me to lean into Lisa because she knows who you really are at the end of the day. But Monica is pissed. 
what does this fucking remind me of? It's giving kind of like Kyle Dorit Lisa Vanderpump energy, but not like it's a little like a lot not as equivalent. But it's kind of giving that. Like, how come she can do that and I can't do that? And it's also giving like Brandy and Kyle and Lisa energy. It's also giving that. There's like there's someone else and I like can't get it. It's like something that happened recently. And maybe if you are in my brain, you can extract what I'm thinking of. Because I swear something else happened somewhat recently where it was just making that was it Salt Lake City last season? Something to do with Jen? But I feel like this is like a weird recurring thing that we see often where it's like Monica should be mad at Meredith because technically she's lying about her and her involvement and shit like that, right? But she's not mad at that. She's mad at her talking to Lisa. That was just like she lost me there with with Monica. She lost me there. It's like you should actually be like, you're a piece of shit, Meredith. But she's been putting so much effort. Oh, yeah, that's right. Putting so much effort into the relationship with Meredith. Think of how she was kissing her ass in Palm Springs, all this stuff. So now it's like I was supposed to be your number one. Lisa is like the enemy kind of. Huh. Interesting. That's sort of what's happening. The rumors and nastiness about her. Is your dental equipment as chic as mine? I cannot believe that these are electric. This is an electric toothbrush. This is an electric water flosser. They're so chic. They're so sleek. They look great on my bathroom counter. If you want to be chic like me, get Quip. This electric toothbrush has a timed sonic vibration with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. It's lightweight. It's sleek with no wires or bulky charger. And there's a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror for less clutter. These are reusable handles too, and they have a very chic range of sleek metal hues as well as bright plastic colors. They look so good in the bathroom. Skip the batteries and snap into healthy habits with the new rechargeable electric toothbrush. All the features of the original Quip plus one magnetic charge powers up to three months of brushing. And the water flosser hits all the right spots with gentle or deep cleaning pressure at the touch of a button right here. There's an extra wide lid so you can get that water in there a lot easier to fill it up. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use. Again, no bulky charging station sitting on your counter and this thing blasts away up to 99.9 percent of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision thanks to the 360 degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps right into place and it's only seven dollars to replace the floss tips and they're shipped to you every three months to keep things flowing smoothly and prevent mineral deposits from building up you know how when you go to the dentist got to get that deep clean in addition to the floss tips and the brush heads quip also delivers fresh floss toothpaste mouthwash and gum refills every three months from seven dollars and these stylish, affordable electric brushes start at just $25, so you won't be paying through the teeth <laughs> for better oral health. If you go to getquip.com bravo right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser. That is your 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com bravo. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash bravo. Quip, the good habits company. The rumors and nastiness about her. 
I know a bunch of you are figuring out what to get people for Christmas. Whenever I'm stumped, I always think cozy clothes, cozy things, blankets, pillows, things that people want to wrap themselves in. So that is why I recommend using my code, she speaks and getting 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com. Because if you've been following my content for a minute, you've heard me go on and on about Cozy Earth, but truly it is everything. I'm wearing my Cozy Earth pants right now. I got Cozy Earth sheets on my bed. If you've never heard of Viscous from Bamboo, you're gonna be obsessed. It is so soft. Their sheets are temperature regulating, okay? They also do come in linen, not just the viscous from bamboo, but the loungewear, it's comfort, it's flattering, it's elegant, dare I say. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things five years in a row, and all their products come with a 10-year warranty. They have luxury goods, I tell ya. So, Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code she speaks. Use the code. I'm about to go use my code like you wouldn't even believe to get some presents. I love that. Whitney brings up how much she loves sleeping alone in a bed. And Heather goes, hey now, you're dissing J-Dog. And Whitney is drunk. And she goes, you know what my husband has? He has a very good nose for going down on me. And if any man wants a lesson on how to use the nose, I got you. While she's doing this, Monica leans over and goes, I can see nipple, boo. She's like, thank you. But Heather is covering her face with her hat. I will never recover. And Whitney asks if Heather has ever had someone use their nose. And Heather cuts her off. And says, you know my boundaries, you know my boundaries. But then Whitney looks over to Monica like, see, see, she's doing, she's doing that to me too. She's doing it. Heather says, you and Monica talk about ass eating all day. Whoa, lady, I don't really think they were talking about that. Do you not know what going down on a woman is? Because that's possible that you don't know. Um, What? Because not only does Heather do the I'm embarrassed of the sex talk thing, she then, she does, she shames. She does. She's very judgy, very judgy. All of this is clearly just like deeply rooted inside of her that she needs to work on. Again, something that Whitney could have just like talked to Heather about, I think, and just been like, why do you do that? I don't like that. And then Heather probably would have been like, okay, well, I think at least, let me just, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, but I think she would be like, okay, well, I I clearly need to work on that or something. I don't know. Maybe. But that would not work for Whitney's scene that she's basically been rehearsing by herself since they got there. Since she since she read that part of the book, which I don't know where the I don't know exactly like what these chapters are, how they're laid out. Um, but as soon as Whitney got to that part, she's like, oh, I'm going to make this a moment. Just get ready. They get to dinner. Everyone looks fabulous, I must say. Uh, but they start all taking selfies, so it gets them to ask them in their confessionals later, like, how many selfies do you think you take? Whitney has 7,297. Heather has 11,205. Lisa has 28,802. And then she looks at she goes, which is probably why I need two terabytes of storage. And then she, like, just looks at the camera like, I said that. She just, what makes me crack up about Lisa is she's so proud of herself sometimes. She knows she's ridiculous, but like she'll say something. She's like, did it, nailed it. 
Monica complains at the dinner. She's like, God, my migraine's been coming on. This whole left side of my face feels weird. But this leads us to find out that Heather at one point was dealing with Bell's palsy. And as she's telling this story, the women seem genuinely horrified. She's like, yeah, I had to take my Costco card, pick like that, with my eye tape shut, picking up the kids from school with my eye tape shut. And then Heather's confessional is, sure, facial paralysis was funny now. I'm like, oh, no, it's actually not even funny now. It's it's sad and makes me sad. It makes every, everyone was like, oh, oh, dear. Okay, that's, that's not amazing for you. But Monica asks Meredith, she's like, are you going to cry? And Meredith is like, of course. She's like, no, nothing. No, it's nothing. It's nothing. But Monica's like, look, let's talk about it because I'm just getting weird energy. And honestly, I don't like it. So I'm like, okay, here she is. She's going to be like, how could you say that this didn't happen when it did? But no. She says, I am upset because I saw you two screaming at each other. And then you get back on the bus with Lisa and you're so he, 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 but you're so mad at me. Girl, I did not see this coming. I really, I I was like, oh, oh, okay. Because now what's Meredith get to do? She gets to go, can I not talk to Lisa? What's wrong with that? And Lisa's like, I came hard today, but I think it's like a sister thing. And Meredith, I made a choice when we reconciled our friendship to accept you for who you are. And you tend to have a bit of a meltdown sometimes and you move forward. Monica's like, but you're mad at me. And then Monica basically is like, can we get some resolution? Can we have a conversation? But Meredith just says, let's move on. And Monica goes, take it to the take it to bed then or something. Long pause. And Meredith, does anyone have any fun travel plans this summer? <laughs> Th- thankfully, Heather's like, oh, someone's like one of her daughters is going somewhere. But then this leads into Lisa talking about how Jack is leaving and she gets emotional. Now, mind you, we have seen her get emotional about Jack over and over again. But here's Whitney's confessional. Wow, Lisa is really opening up. I think this explains why her emotions have been all over the place. Whitney, this isn't uh, this isn't like innovative. It doesn't take a genius to figure this one out. This is more of that like Whitney thinking she's all spiritual. I'm helping Lisa on her journey. I'm helping her. No, you're not. They finish dinner. They go to the oldest bar in Bermuda. I love that Lisa's first question when she sees all the money on the ceiling is, people don't steal it? But Lisa gets on the topic of Heather's book and how many she sold. So obviously, whatever, this brings up Whitney's chance. This is like her cue. She's like, okay, actually, in your book, you told her to shut the fuck up, but you openly write about my sexuality in your book. Now, see, okay. Whitney's execution is always a complete mess. She has something in her head. She's been rehearsing it or something, but she can never land it right. So it's all kind of the fact that she pulls Monica in too is a really bad move because now Heather's going to be on the defense and she is. And she says, I wrote the book and had nothing to do with your sexuality. I told an anecdote. And Whitney calls it hypocritical. And Heather says she actually edited the original story because Whitney asked her to take something out. And Whitney, you're missing the point. You won't talk about sexuality, but you'll fucking exploit mine in your book to fucking sell it. She rehearsed that one? Rehearsed it. And Heather says, I told the boudoir photo shoot story. I never talked about your sex life. 
Whitney then is, she loves this line. I think she either found it in that moment or she really just, she made it up beforehand. You exploited my sexuality. And Heather goes, do you have any idea what you're saying? Because you sound like an idiot. And then the way Whitney goes, you sound like a hypocrite. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I don't like that. Mm -mm. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. Heather, this is bizarre the way she does this. She starts going, I'm a New York Times bestselling author, but then she just like plows through not just Whitney, but it wasn't like Monica, right? Someone else was right there. Angie maybe, but it's bizarre how she does it. Like she just like body checks and like gets her out of the way. But then she's like, it's, it's kind of crazy how many times she's done this to Whitney, you know? But then Whitney follows Heather to the door and she's like, you exploited my sexuality in your book. And Heather goes, what do you mean you exploit your own sexuality? You're wearing it right now. I'm like, oh, that is some pent up. Those are some pent up thoughts she may have. But then Whitney, first Whitney comes back to like stand with the girls, but she's like, no, we are not done. This is the scene. And she is now screaming. This is my feelings, Heather. It's not fair that you talk about Monica's sex life and you won't talk about yours. Why are you so defensive about it? The way you're doing this would make anyone defensive, Whitney. Okay? Anyone. And Heather's like, I don't want to talk to you. You're drunk and crazy. Get away from me. Whitney goes, I am not drunk or crazy. You know you're guilty because you exploited. And then I think she comes up with this like new version on the spot and she gets excited. She's like, you exploited my vagina in your book. Like, she was like, ooh, that's it. Because then she says it again. She's like, you exploited my vagina. She keeps saying that. But Heather is now fucking off, which is kind of wild that she has to, like, flee the scene so much just because this is the topic of conversation. Like, it could have easily been, like, sort of squashed there in the moment. But the fact that she had to walk away from the conversation, I'm like, why? It's like, she really does have something major around sex. Major. But Whitney will not be stopped, you see. She's like, I will say these lines for this camera on this evening, okay? Heather's long gone, but Whitney turns around, and you exploited something that I did for my husband in your book. That's the goddamn truth. She loves to say that. And that's why you're running away and can't stand in my face because you know I'm right. So stop fucking lying and own your shit. And then she like looks at the producer like nailed it. Thank you. And scene. Heather is so upset. The producer comes over to check on her and she's like, don't even talk right now. So yeah, she's got some ways to go, Heather. But Whitney is just a whole ass mess. And this was, to me, it felt so obviously for the cameras. Could have been something that was solved a little bit better. Um, but then again, we are making a TV show. And I don't think Heather needed to walk away from this one. This one could have kind of easily been squashed. However, drunk Whitney, when she is like a dog with a bone, when she's drunk, it's it's probably really exhausting. It's like, she's not going to drop this. It's not going to get anywhere. Like, give me, give me a break. Okay, so now let me get into what I've heard the rumor or the uh, phone calls about. So according to the source, they said that it's kind of a letdown, to be honest. Um, Heather has figured out how, who was running an account called like Reality Von Tees or something like that. I might be getting the name wrong. And it's Monica. 
So therefore, all of these sound bites of Heather being like, it would be the ultimate betrayal um, if someone were to make a fake account, blah, blah, blah. I think that's all direct. It feels like that's all really directed at Monica. So this whole like Greek mafia thing with the DMs and stuff, it's like it's alleged that it's Monica. Okay. Um, but it, I have a, I have a follow-up that I'm going to ask a different source about because they know everything. I have a feeling that the DMs with the Greek mafia thing are Meredith, um, or that she was more involved than she's claiming, but they're going to drop it because then they find out about the other stuff. I, so again, this could be totally wrong, but I've been operating from a place that that's what's happening just because it feels like that's the edit. Again, let me know. Maybe it's just because I had that in my head. So when I'm watching it, I'm like, are they basically telling us? Because like when Monica's like, I would do something like that. I would make a fake account. I'm like, uh-huh. That could be it too. But isn't that actually like kind of a letdown with the way, like the the drama of the phone call and kicking out cameras and then being like, you, you did. It's like, okay, I mean, I know that's bad, but like, I don't know. You, you co-signed it when it was your friend's husband. So I don't really, but I also don't really know if that's the full story. There's maybe there's more to it, but that is what I was told. Let's go from there. Okay. Um... Okay, I want to give a little update. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. And if you've made it this far, please subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. And also subscribe on whatever podcast pod platform is what I was about to say. Podcast platform that you uh, listen. I had to stop covering Married to Medicine just because I'm, I was getting real burnt out. Um, I think that people don't realize when it comes to a recap episode, you have to watch the show, take notes, and then, mind you, I usually like to make content, and then I recap the show, and then I edit it, and then I post it. And so I think I'm going to take a page from Danny Pellegrino's book and start to learn my cap. As much as there are so many shows to cover that I want to cover, it's it, it kind of starts to drain my creative battery a little bit when all – it feels like literally all I do is I watch a show – but I'm taking no- like taking notes takes forever because like, you got to stop and you got to start and, you know, whatever. It does. It just takes longer. Um, but I usually have to watch it once and then do another watch with the notes. And then I'm sitting and I'm recording it and then I'm editing it. And then the next thing I know, I got to watch another round of notes, watch another round of shows, take notes, whatever. So there's so much more work that goes into a recap. Um, I don't have a good enough memory just to have no notes and just watch it one time and talk about it, I have to have a guide because it's like once this camera turns on, sometimes I'm like, what? I don't remember anything. So I know that it's the, it's the worst news for some of you, but like if I'm, the shows I'm covering are going to be the shows I cover. I don't think I have any room left because I also have my Patreon that I want to give more love to. And I don't have that extra battery life to cover anything else over there if I'm also covering five shows over here. But I also like, I, I just, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to balance this a little bit better because like this past weekend I could not do anything because I was trying to get caught up because I got behind because I know I don't talk about personal stuff because I don't want to, it's a privacy thing for other people involved too. But the shit I deal with with my dad is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot emotionally. It's a lot of time. 
Um, and so I, I, my, my bandwidth is like shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, so I hope that's okay. I hope we get it. Um, but for now I'm covering Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills. We are covering Miami, even though like it was kind of dull for a minute. We were like, I'm not going to do this again. We're covering Miami, Southern Charm, a little bit of Winter House. So that's good because we have other shows starting in January. That's why I'm keeping it there because I've got Vanderpump to cover and that makes four. And then at some point, Summer House. So I have to always bear that in mind. Okay. All right, guys. Love ya. Mean it. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen? That would be amazing. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and hit that bell so you don't miss an episode. And if you're looking for more content, more exclusive bonus content, check out the Patreon. I post two exclusive episodes a month and I'm covering just the Bravo jams like Classic Roni, Atlanta, and of course Vanderpump Rules. If you just want to support the show, head to buymeacoffee.com slash shespeaksbravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. We also have merch available at shespeaksbravo.com. And if you're interested in hearing my takes on non-Bravo shows, check out my new podcast, She Speaks It All. I cover the challenge, drag race, and any other show I'm obsessed with that's not Bravo. She Speaks It All is available everywhere you get your podcasts, just like this show. Make sure you're following me on the social medias. I am She Speaks Bravo across all platforms. Thank you so much for any support you give the show, even if it's just listening. I appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. I'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.